Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome guys to this week's Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. Um, this truly is my favourite time of the week. Um, I'm off from work, the house is relatively empty, and I get to sit down and chat with you guys. So it's uh, yeah, a highlight of my week, and I'm glad, I really am glad you guys are still listening. I'm getting new listeners every week, which is good. I can't believe it, considering um, I sort of want to listen to me babble on, but anyway... Um, this week's episode came to me a few weeks ago. Um, I've been thinking about it for a little while, but it um, it bubbled along. I was listening, it was just sort of leading into the Iron Maiden tribute band we went and saw last weekend, sort of the weekend before. And uh, I was sort of listening to Iron Maiden, walking around, you know, on the way to work and home from work around the house. And I was thinking, when did... You know, I've jokingly before said to people that Iron Maiden is now sort of a soft band, um, which is an insult to them and an insult to the listeners and to me, really. I, I was thinking, when did heavy become extreme? You know, and and in and in at what point in my life, particularly, and probably a lot of you, your lives out there, do you suddenly realise that the things you were listening to in your youth? Um, are no longer this is no longer as heavy as you thought it was you know um, there's a classic okay so I looked I sort of did some research into this and I'm thinking to myself um, where would it all begin now it seems to me looking through the annals of musical history um, that uh, it's not a modern phenomena and I'm sure you people out there would realise it's not a modern phenomena um but way way back, way back with choral music in the you know um, when we just started to write music down in and around the thirteenth century, probably a little bit before, um, we were playing you know choral pastoral music. Um, the notes they were using were limited because of the instruments that they were using them on. Therefore, they didn't have the range that they have now. Um, and you know, you know that bubbled along, and I'm sure that there were there were people out there that thought this is too too loud and too hard and too heavy. I don't think the words heavy back then, but you know what I mean. Too against God, I would probably say. And then you know, it comes into your classical or the the classical movement, your pastoral music, that's very Christian related, very religious. Um, heavy religious religiosity to it, and so it's all um, harmonies with angels and you know praising lords the God and so on, and and then from that when when we then our our instruments are coming more into the, into the fore like the lute takes on um, more of a, a a part in music, um, stringed instruments are becoming more prevalent. Um, there are um, 
the harpsichord and the piano and so forth uh, percussive instruments are, are all more more in the use and so they then have more expansion and because they've got more expansion they can do they can explore the range of music and there are like there with all humanity there are people out there that want to extreme explore the boundaries of where they can go I was more dangerous back then because uh, if you played the devil's um, notes you, you could be imprisoned and I think even uh, to some extent I think there were some societies that would put you to death I mean uh, um, traveling mummers which was a prop the original name for actors that traveled around the UK um, in, in the uh, 14th 15th century they could be put to death um, for uh, acting in streets so if you can do that and then you know so people were pushing the boundaries uh, and so then we move forward and we go into sort of our more of a modern day you know jazz to blues blues more is well it's difficult to say whether jazz is blues is heavier than jazz because jazz can be very dense um, and Webster's Dictionary does define heavy as a couple of options of heavy. I'll just tell you now what they say. Let me get my book open. So a, a great weight, difficult to lift or, or, or move. But the other one is a great density, thick or substantial, heavy grey clouds, as in such. It's a quote. Um, so, so we see whereas, whereas jazz can be heavy with its um, musical intent, um, with so many unusual notes and such disparate sounds that it becomes heavy. Whereas blues heavy is more um, blues heavy is more it's because it's guitar more guitar driven and um, and it's heavier in its um, is lyrical notation and it's and it's content because it's about it's a you know it's the please don't get me wrong with anger when I say it's the slave the, the sadness of the slave trade and and comes in coming out from the court cotton fields and the corn um, and the sugar cane uh, of America and um, and their 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 story and their plight that's where the heaviness comes right so it's, I know that's musically heavy um, and then. You know what I sort of um, backtrack quietly, just quickly to the classical music aspect. <laughs> so you have your choral music, and you have your um, classical, classical. You know your Beethoven's, which can get quite heavy, and but then there's this movement where it gets really quite dark with with composers like Mahler and Litz and. Um, uh, Wagner, Wagner's a, a classic example with its uh, ring cycle, um, very, very, I mean, almost chewably thick, you know, almost palpable on, almost sticking to the palate kind of thickness with, with that particular um, com composition. Um, there's a wonderful, uh, wonderful quote um, from the dear uh, uh, Harry H. Corbett as uh, Steptoe and Son, as Harold Steptoe, in a musical evening from the uh, which was on which was on broadcast on the thirty first of January nineteen sixty three. I am a comedy nerd as well. Um, it, he is trying to play his records. I'm sorry, get my tea. He's trying to play his records, and his dad wants to play "Twist Again" by Chubby Checker, and and he's. Harold's trying to be all cultured and educated, and he's got his seventy-eights, um, and he, his dad's moaning about it. it's all so heavy. Um, and Harold comes up with my honestly, it's a line I've used many, many times in my life, and I love it to bits. The quote is: um, "Music doesn't just soothe the savage beast; it gives you headache as well." And I absolutely love that line. And it's what it basically it is, isn't it? It's it says it sums it up completely. So, where am I going with this? Because what I'm going is is when we think that 
music is extreme now, and you see people, and you know, I'm one of them. You know, I'm wearing my extreme metal T-shirts. I really, really, wrong word, 60s word, dig um, black death metal. I really do. Um, I have to be in the obviously in the right frame of mind, but um, I really do. I don't dislike it. In fact, I I seek it out in a lot of cases. Um, it's because you see them then, and I think I don't know whether they really know where they can go from where they are now and I'm sure that it will happen but if they were to sort of cast you know if they cast aspersions on someone like me if I'm walking around the streets and I'm wearing an Iron Maiden shirt and I have seen in forums people say Iron Maiden are boring and dull and um, heavy enough and I, 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 if you could see me listeners I'm rolling my eyes so much I have to bang the back of my head to get them back into the position it's just like you know Again, it's that snobbery when it comes to people's musical cult, uh, musical um, fractions, right? But you think about it. Back in the 60s, you had... So you had Elvis, okay? So you got your blues, right? Then comes your Elvis, and it's heavy, and it's it's rock and roll, and, it, and it's scaring people, and he's a danger to society, right? But really, when you think about it, it's, it's easy elevator music now, right? And it moves... From there, you know, we then get the this pop um, movements of the 60s with the Beatles and the Beach Boys and, the, you know, I'm not going to roll off hundreds of pop bands, but you get the idea, right? Um, and then you get the Beatles and they write Helter Skelter. To me, I think it's the first ever truly, really heavy song uh, is Helter Skelter uh, of the White Album. Um, and then following that, you get this, you know, and then the kids listening to that would have gone, you know, What's what's where do where do you go from there, and and bands start to proliferate around oh, I can't, proliferate around um, the the UK scene, um, of course America as well, but mainly in the UK the heavy rock scene really took off. Okay, and you get Free and Badfinger and Nazareth and Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin and Thin Lizzy. Just I'm not going to name all. Just the ones that come off the top of my head, right? And they, for let's say a decade, were the heaviest thing ever to be heard, right? They'd like, like you know, I mean, I remember my English teacher playing Badfinger. Justin probably remember this. If you're listening, Justin. He did. Re- he actually did reply to my Facebook page and found the um, the Spinal Taps show, uh, which was pretty amazing. The the, the um, the Saturday Night Live skit for me, um, but Justin, remember, teaches to play Bad Finger and and Deep Purple and all stuff like that when you come into the classroom. Um, Mr. King, God rest his soul, if he's gone, I'm sure he was old then. If he's not, good luck to you. Um, anyway, they had they were taking the heaviness of blues with the technologies of the day, so they were using new guitar pedals. They were recording on more um, more up-to-date decks. So they were using Neve decks. They had, you know, using tape echo loops. They were using um, uh, fuzz pedals, wah pedals, stuff that was all. Um, they were and they were really sort of um, in the mix. They were really bringing the bottom end up um, and sort of really rattling those speakers. And of course, you had the things like paste on the drums and. You know, and a Who as well. Sorry, I should have said the Who, and the Who. You know, um, with John Entwistle's John Entwistle's bass that would just you know um, rip your soul out at the best of times. You know, it's unbelievable um, bass player. And 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 these sort of then they were taking those sort of and Zeppelin. I mean, everyone loves Zeppelin. Don't I I've come out and I know people know I don't like Zeppelin. One maybe two albums. Anyway. Um, it's still that really heavy blue sound, and I'm sure the people listening to that were thinking, "Where does it go from here? Surely this is the heaviest thing I've ever heard." Then, of course, that leeches from there. It, interestingly enough, there's a sort of a gap. I don't think like, like it's not happened in music so much. Maybe the late '80s, early '90s, but there's a gap where heavy became progressive. And progressive people, listeners, please. Progressive is not flowery, light, sunny motifs with 20-minute keyboard solos that go nowhere that are just... Yes, there is that aspect, and yes, I love it. 
but uh, progressive can be very heavy um, honestly they can you know um, bands like Boston who people don't think are progressive or I think they are are very heavy um, Supertramp extremely um, sort of that sort of blues um, deep purple meets yes um, aspect you know some of Genesis particularly some of Genesis um, mid um, era recordings are extremely heavy uh, I would honestly doubt why I'd say that Lamb Lights Down on Broadway is probably a proto heavy metal album um, it's the greatest progressive rock album ever made We are, well I'll argue about that with anyone but that's how I feel but it is heavy um, it's certainly not light and so there was that sort of gap there where it was it was sort of a wilderness years and then and then out then something happens the punk happens and punk is very heavy punk is punk is punk right so punk is lo-fi high energy um aggression not heavy as such aggression there's two different things aggressive and heavy are two different things a slow, dirgy, heavy piece of music is not necessarily aggressive, but aggressive, fast music can be heavy. Um, and so, you know, they 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 tear down the barriers and they open up doors. We've already talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I won't go about it again. Um, but from that movement, when that dies off, okay, you get your extreme punk movements with the exploited and um, crass and extreme noise terror and um, my brother's friend's band, uh, Napalm Def. Um, you know, these these bands, and they were they were really pushing the boundaries. It's particularly extreme noise terror. If you ever get a chance to listen to their stuff, some of it is almost unlistenable. To be to be fair, um, and the same with Crass. And I love Crass, but some bits unlistenable. Um, but from that sort of melange of the early eighties. We move into your yeah, Iron Maidens, your Judas, not your Judas Priests don't aren't Norbum. I've told this before, said this before because they were formed before eighty one or eighty eighty one, but they're still in the way in that area. You got your Iron Maidens, your Judas Priests, your Motorheads, which straddles both the punk and the metal scene. Your Saxon, your Scorpion, your Van Halen, and your Venoms. Your Satans and your you know um, uh, your uh, praying mantis titles of Pang Tang. You know, I could go on and on about New Album, you know that. Um, it's my favourite genre of heavy metal, but you know, that's that there, which is, I think, the birth of modern heavy, okay? So you then get this heaviness, and it's so heavy. I mean, I, and this is where I come in, listeners. I'm just going to go and have a break for a second. I'll come back, got to refresh my tea. Um, oops, you not say over. Um, and then we'll talk about. And heavy and where I come in, okay? So go get yourself a drink, get yourself comfortable, have to listen to some ads, um, spend some money possibly, and uh, we'll see you on the other side, guys. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back, guys. New tea, new me. Um, so, yeah, so where, this is where I come in. Um, when I was, as I was walking around listening to Iron Maiden, I've said this before, um, those keen listeners will remember, that one of my earliest memories is my brother coming back from seeing Iron Maiden at the Sound House, Kingsbury, in Kingsbury, um, uh, with Van Halen, both unsigned, and telling me that it was the uh, heaviest, craziest thing he'd ever seen. Now, Ronald was a real punk, so for him to say that, it was quite interesting. I think Andrew may have gone with him. I can't remember. Anyway, um, that's way back in the midst of time, but that was the earliest time, I first thing I remember. I then remember Ronald bringing home uh, Iron Maiden's first album, and playing it, and me lying on the bed in my, in my, because I shared a room with my brother at the time, because there was five of us in a three-bedroom house, um, and him playing it on his little sort of like Dan set record deck. The only speakers, it came out the speaker in the front. It's pretty poor now, but it was what it was. We had no money. It's what you could do and what you could get. Um, and it, I remember him playing it, and I remember thinking that this was just insane. Because at that time I was listening to like Jeffro Toll and my brother's other record collections, like um, and also sort of getting into a bit of like the early hip hop stuff, you know, Grandmaster Flash, African Bombata, um, some Blondie, of course, uh, you know, um, Rocksteady Crew. Do you remember them? Hey ho, the Rocksteady Crew. Do you remember them? God, that's embarrassing, isn't it? My mates used to have this bit of lino out on the street. We lived in a cul-de-sac, and he used to put this lino out on the street. And my mate and, and Daniel and his other guys used to do like all crazy legs and spinning on their head and windmills and scorpions and all that sort of stuff. Man, it was just crazy. But and good, good times, right? Anyway, that aside, aside, I mean, I haven't thought about it for years. But um, yeah, playing that, and I remember just thinking, okay, well. You know, and it sort of went into my subconscious and and disappeared off. It wasn't till um, I sort of went to high school, and really, again, I mentioned Justin again, but Justin sort of re-sparked my love of loud and heavy. Um, and I remember buying. I had bought. I said I'd bought peace of not peace of mind. Yeah, peace of mind. I'd bought. When it came out, um, well, I didn't buy it. My, great, my brother got it for me for Christmas, um, and I bought myself my own money. I bought um, Power Slave, and I remember walking, as I said before, walking around the streets, going by this local church on Church Lane in Hendon, uh, and thinking, "This is a, honestly, I'm going to go to hell." I'm not even Christian, but I thought, I'm going to go to hell. This is the most heaviest. I can see the sunshine. I can when I listen to that music. I can smell the trees, the grass. I can see what I was wearing. I even know how I felt. It's weird, right? But I was there, and it was the heaviest thing I've ever, 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 right? And for a long time, it was the heaviest thing ever. And I was really getting into the maidens and the sabbaths, and sabbath were the heaviest thing. And, it, and you know, there were. It was just. You know, I haven't talked about Sabbath because it's too obvious, but Sabbath, you know, of course, with their slow, dirgy, heavy, rhythmic stuff, um, the mid 70s onwards, 
is truly heavy and people are crying out there going yes talk about sabbath i didn't want to talk about sabbath because it was a bit too obvious but yes sabbath, sabbath um were the heaviest thing in the world and they, they were really the sort of first heavy metal band truly but they were the sort of first labeled heavy metal band i was talking about bands that weren't in that you know field but i considered to be heavy anyway um and for a long time you know that was the case uh until one day i was uh in a squat uh living in a squat when i say living visiting staying over for a couple of nights in a squat in in wimbledon when i was at art college um and uh i my mate mad melvin who i've mentioned before gave me on cassette um venoms at war with satan and i hadn't even played it i mean i just thought well i'll play it one day and it was in my jacket pocket i must have just put it in there thinking i'll listen to it. i know i think i again can remember the moment i was walking when you go from where I, the house was actually was next door to she's passed away recently sadly was the the wife of victor meldrew from uh one foot in the grave um she lived next door which was lovely but I was walking from that house to Wimbledon train station and you have to go across anyone that lives in Wimbledon will know this you've got to go across some um, railway tracks like a a a a road crossing across tracks and I remember putting it on there and I I had an inverted cross around my neck Melvin had given it to me again because Melvin was crazy Melvin was a Satanist the genuine die in the wall one proper one not these kind of weekend warriors, you know. He was, he was a, he really was. I mean, he's not sacrificing babies and drinking the bloods of infants or anything like that. No, he was just, he was a genuine anarcho satanist. He really was. Um, it was the reason why my wife wouldn't let me. Once we had our child, she wouldn't let me um, visit him or talk to him. She was very scared of him, and I don't blame her for that respect. He was a bit scary, um, but I liked him. He had a soft spot. He was a nice guy. Um, he was lonely. Um, anyway, I put it on, and within I don't know, maybe five minutes of the opening of it, I turned it off, put it back in my pocket, put Maiden back on. Went, oh, not doing that again. And because I thought again, like I did, I had that Maiden moment. I thought, shit, <laughs> going to hell. Um, this really is aggressive and and and, and different. And for, you know, and then I sort of revisited with lights on. I couldn't listen to it with the lights off, interestingly, in, in the dark. It was just, I just couldn't. I don't know why, I just couldn't. Um, I mean, my house was haunted that I grew up in. That's another podcast, another story. Um, so there were, you know, it was not the easiest place to live. So having that in the background probably didn't help too much. Um, so I tended to find that I would go back to the stuff I would, you know, um, at that particular time, you know, um, Headless Cross was coming out. I'd just come out, um, and for Black Sabbath, and I was really into Tony Martin. We know that. I love Tony Martin. I was getting to that, um, and so I went back to sort of the easy listening made metal. And I, God, that's a, you know, it's one of those monikers that I really hate, like AOR, right? You know, or Muzak, or something. I can't stand those those labels. And um, anyway, that aside, uh, I thought, well, I'll go back to it. So, I've gone back to it, and I got really into it. You know, I sort of um, went for a messy breakup with a girlfriend. Um, I was listening to a lot of Marillion at the time, which I, I love, of course, but I wanted a nice textual difference, some dark to the light. And Marillion can be heavy, they can be very heavy. Fugazi is a very heavy album. Um, but um, I sort of thought, okay, I want to try and devil a bit more, and I met this guy called Mark, Crazy Mark. I can all crazy. I'm sorry, I put monikers on them, like crazy, because it, I've got lots of friends called Mark and lots of friends called Melvin. Would you believe? And so I had to sort of, you know, give him a label. And Crazy Mark, he lived on his own. He had a wealthy um, family. The um, he was the son of a Holocaust survivor who had made who who'd brought. Luckily, managed to um, 
could raise themselves up with lots of um, hard work and money. They got themselves a good lifestyle, and they bought him a house. He was the manager of like a B and Q, which is like a Bunnings over here in Australia, a, you know, a Walmart. I don't know in in America, you know, so a DIY store, Home Depot store, um, and he was absolutely enamored with Kiss. Like he traveled, he traveled to Japan to buy a record from a dealer because it was the only person in the world that had that record and it was in Japan it says it all really but he also had this real uh, love of um, thrash and this is where I'm going from there so I went to into the next derivation from Venom to me was was thrash uh, and I really got into the not so much um, your Megadeths of this world. I don't. Again, I'm not a massive fan of Megadeth. Sorry if that's going to make people wail and shout at me, but I'm not a huge fan. I don't like his voice. To be fair, um, great guitarist. Just his voice. Uh, you know, got into the early Metallicas, and really, let's be honest, Metallica is only Metallica until Cliff Burton sadly passes away. Once he's gone, you might as well call yourself something else. Um, you know, and the Slayers again, and that's I went more the Slayer Exodus um, route, Crocus and stuff like that. I went more that way, where it was really again dark and satanic because I liked, I wanted heavier, and where where Right the Lightning and Kill 'Em All is heavy, um, Rain of Blood is heavy with an exclamation mark and extra H's at the front. For me, and so I was. That really fed my um, my brutality that I wanted. The side of me that was the, um, the you know, the trud on on bugs in the street. You know what I mean. You know the heavy side of you. Your um, Doctor Jekyll to your Mister Hyde, um, and uh, I really loved that. And and so I sort of for a long time. And 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 Mark was really into that. Like really into it. Like he he got me onto Celtic Frost, and, uh, and we'll move on to that in a minute. But um, you know, and so he he didn't have any light, did Mark? Mark wasn't his light was Kiss. Um, he used to laugh at me when I talk about Marillion or wear a Marillion shirt. He point fingers at me and snigger, um, which is a bit unfair, I thought. But hey, you know, we all have our foibles, don't we? I no longer hide under a bushel and say, I don't like Merlion, I don't like... I love it, I don't care what you bloody one fucking thinks, to be honest. Um, beep that one out if you like. Anyway, um, so, Mark then gets me onto, um, onto the thrash, and that made me think again, again, thinking back about Mark, where we went from, where music went from sort of your Venoms and your, heavy, your Iron Maidens and your Satans and your stuff like that, which was underground and niche, to this mainstream American, um, I mean, it's easier for music in America to become mainstream because you've got so many millions of you Americans over there, like to and such you know big markets. So thrash becomes massive. Okay, or again, then uh, I was back at I was still uh, I went back to college to do uh, another qualification, and while I was back at college, um, Black Album came out. And I remember playing Paul in the low, in the refectory, thinking, and it came on the radio, and I remember thinking, this is pop music. This is pop music. And isn't that funny, because I'm thinking the same thing about how I felt about what I said about Maiden a little while ago. This is pop music. Um, because they had commercialised, to some extent, um, and lost also the drive without cliff you know that real heaviness that cliff had um and so fresh becomes that and we, and for a little while we're all into i mean we went to anthraxes we're doing all the we, i mean i went and saw um slayer anthrax helmet and i can't remember the fourth one of the hamsworth odium's called guitar it was the night of was it the Night of Anarchy? Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, it was a, it was a really heavy. I remember um, being. If you ever went to the old 
uh, Hamish of Odeon used to have stairs that lead down into the atrium because it used to be a cinema, right? And there were there were two fractions. There was the fraction one side I was with. I don't know what I was on that left hand side, but I was on the left hand side. And there were guys on the right hand side. And you know, it's all tight jeans and high top trainers and long hair. And I was that warrior. I was that warrior. Um, chucking, we were chucking M and M's and coke and shit at each other. Um, how we didn't get, um, you know. Uh, ejected from the building I don't know it was a crazy crazy night um, obviously Slayer completely and absolutely melted our faces um, but it was mainstream wasn't it there was, it was a, again it became a uniform and people were listening to it and it came lighter and lighter because it got watered down and more watered down um, you know uh, and what happens there I, I then could, I was in like for, and I'll be honest for a, for a period, period there in the wilderness I, I lost lost track uh, of it um, because you know um, not much many years after that I got married I started to raise a family and music was sort of pushed into the wilderness and pushed backwards behind, was something that I didn't necessarily I loved and kept on but I didn't I wasn't as devoted as I am now to it um, and then the kids grew up um, and things change and I remember it's probably about 15 years ago um, the kids were sort of 10 and 11 and I started back listening to Your Maidens again I mean I had buying the albums but I wasn't you know really deep getting that deep into it and I remember thinking and I, and I have to say that I think it's down to my mental state. I was a little bit in a darker place, and so I was looking for again for that edge, for that like, killer edge, that something heavier. And um, and I think it it became a point where I was just I just wanted really dark, visceral, thick, heavy. And I think it became I it was I had sort of skipped around the whole. Uh, church burning stuff um, in the 90s I mean I was aware of it and you know uh, certainly interested because my interest in the paranormal and sort of Satanism and so on I wasn't overly um, I thought it was a bit um, I thought it was a bit of a joke to be fair Um, not those people people that died there was some death there and there's some suicide and I'm clearly not going to make light of that but um the people to produce that music, um, particularly up, as I said, it all comes from that colder side of the world, like so your satiricons and your behemoths and your cannibal corpse and uh, so many of those bands. Um, they became, you know, and and and, and um, the Deicide. Although, hang on, skip, skip back. Sorry, my brain went elsewhere. I did see Deicide um, at the Astoria. Um, I got a free ticket. Mate, Crazy Melvin's mate was a music producer. Uh, music. It was in. The, it was a A and R man, and we went and saw it. Um, I got free tickets. I remember seeing him. My mate's Melvin's mate. I can't remember his name now. He was in a suit. I thought it was very strange. I thought he was going to get murdered. And I remember going and seeing them, and there was a wire mesh around the stage, and I couldn't work out why. And then when Glenn Benton comes on with the inverted cross burden on his forehead. Um, people start chucking lumps of meat at them and pig's heads and innards and stuff. It was just how the hell they got that into the gig. It was it was chaos. Um, and we were meant to go backstage to meet them and I, I couldn't do it. I was just so terrified, to be honest with you. Um, I was like 18, 19, I think, at the time. Anyway, forward back again to where I was. Uh, so I'm then looking for finding... F- find more extreme stuff and and are really getting into the underground scene because with the underground scene you there's more extremity isn't there because um they have less money they haven't got the polish they don't they've got an audience of 50 so fuck them let's just get out there and and be as brutal as possible this and it's that's and, and and sadly again um a lot of the extreme music is anti-christian uh anti-religion i'm I'm not anti-Christian and I'm not anti-religion. I am atheistic. Um, I don't agree with organised religions. Um, sorry, out there, people. I'm not trying to. Dis- are you, if you love God and want to and go to church or synagogue or mosque or whatever you do, and you love and that's your life, peace, man. Right, brilliant for you. Just me, 
organized religions and I have never really um, stuck together um, and so um, you know they, they they get more and more dark and they don't have to worry about selling millions of records because they, they so they just do what they can and I think a lot of it comes down to inability I think a lot of those um, guttural heavy as I said it before, I treat those vocals like a like an instrument. I think a lot of those singers, um, male and female, male and female, deep down in their soul, want to be Bruce Dickinson. Deep down in their soul, want to be Rob Halford. And I'm sure in their private world, they sing like that to themselves. Um, I do know a few um, extreme metal vocalists, and they do say it's extremely hard to sing like that. And I, and I absolutely would probably agree with that. Um, anyway, so I found this underground movement, extreme music. Now, this extreme music comes from, um, as I said, from this hatred of organized religions, this um, need to be uh, part of, uh, and, and, and a deep sad and loss for the Celtic religions of, uh, or Germanic Celtic religions mostly. Uh, and Norway and Germany and Finland, those um, beautiful religions that organized religion again have crushed uh, over time. Um, be it the Romans, be it Alexander the Great, be it Constantine, whoever, right? It doesn't matter. Um, it's just what it is. And so they're reaching out to get back deep into their. Um, into their uh, their heritage, and so they create this music, which I think is their heritage, and 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 you know Nordic and Vikings, and and it sort of is, but it sort of isn't, um, because if they were honest with themselves, those Celtic religions, they didn't have a Satan or a, a, a over overriding. Um, single monotheistic um, uh, deity which would be good or evil did they they didn't they were they were they had many gods and many uh, and they worshiped the 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 cycles of the earth um, that's something too hippie so it's it's sort of what they're doing there themselves is they're grabbing um, you know ironically I mean this I find ironically they're grabbing uh, you know Christian dogma uh, and blending it with uh, um, pagan dogma, which is something that the Christians have done forever. I mean, Christmas is a pagan festival, and it's not even on the birthday of Chris of Christ. So, you know, so is Easter, and so on. Anyway, that aside, different conversation to be had. Um, so I've got into that sort of stuff, really into it, and so now. Way back, if you think back, whoa, 30 odd minutes ago, 39 minutes ago, when I opened this conversation, as I was saying, walking down the street, listening to this music, thinking, this isn't really heavy anymore. Um, how do I feel about that? How do I genuinely feel? Um, and do I wish I'd never discovered extreme music? Sometimes, yes, because. I want, I mean, it's not till you see Maiden Alive. I mean, again, okay, so you put the record on. It's the sort of, it's the sort of thing you could play in a retail environment. I work in retail. It's something you could put in a retail environment that possibly no one would think about. It would play in the background and no one would say anything. But if you put on, you know, um, a behemoth album, or uh, Cannibal Corpse, or Deicide, or any of those extreme bands, you know, like um, Cannibal, uh, sorry, um, what's the one? Uh, something Decapitation, I've gone blank, but um, Cattle Decapitation and stuff like that. Of course, people are going to stop and turn and look because it's atonal and it's aggressive and you can't, it has barriers that doesn't, they don't want to let you in. Whereas Maiden is, come on guys, it's a family, let's get in, let's all sing along. But isn't until you see Maiden live, I remember the first time I, I saw them live at Donington, I think it was, it was the heaviest thing 
my neck, I mean, just like the last gig, I couldn't move my neck for a week. And I was deep heat and tiger balm and hot water bottles, Nurofen, Panadol back then, sorry. Uh, you know, couldn't, couldn't move it because it was the heaviest thing. Because heavy isn't always about drop tuning, dirge, cut, um, you know, fuzz, um, uh, tritone guitars, um, uh, you know, very, very fast drumming, um, guttural vocals. It's, you know, it's not all about that heavy. I think now when I think about it, heavy is a state of mind. And it, you know, and I just think I think I, well, I think now on respect, on retrospect, what well, this conversation I'm having with you guys, I think I want to, I yearn. I think that's it. I'd like to be out. I'd like to be, fifteen, fourteen-year-old Tony again, um, walking past that church, putting on Iron Maidens, a uh, number of the uh, Power Slave, and being just taken away with the aggression I want to be that 17 to 18 year old Tony walking from Wimbledon to the train station from the squat to listen to Venom I really do I think I, I'm being sentimental folks I, I really um, envy the youngsters like my nephew and I took him to see the Iron Maiden gig the, the, the tribute band the other weekend you know um, he's got his whole life of a discovery ahead of him. Not that we can't discover. Not at my age and other listeners, we can't discover because we can all the time. And I am all the time discovering. I just think that heavy will never really be. I don't understand or know where it could go. I think we've reached a pinnacle if we want to think about heavy anyway. Um, you know, there are only so many notes in the world, and there's only so many ways we can record. And I think that pioneers uh, like King Diamond and Celtic Frost and Venom and Satan and, you know, um, Megadeth, Metallica, Anthrax, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, I could go on and on and on. I think, I, I think the pioneers have pioneered. You know, once you've climbed Everest, and you've done Everest. You know, where else is there to go? Mariana Trench maybe that's it you know we can't go any further and I think the, the title of the show as I said is when heavy becomes extreme and for me extreme came really when I think back at it extreme came in night when I was first put on Power Slave uh, and beyond that it just became heavier and heavier and then it went a bit lighter and then heavier and heavier it was like my same with the punk scene same with when punk became hardcore in America um, and then hardcore become metalcore and all the sub-genres you want to shake your stick at it's all the same when it comes down to it it's all forms of heavy um, anyway that's my music that's where I'm coming from and I I feel melancholic um, about it to be fair uh, that's why I love my company of circular friends like Benji, who will be on the show. I keep saying he's threatening to be on the show, but he will be. You've just got to find time to get him on. Um, you know, he's a good example. You know, he listened to Metallica a lot as a youth. Um, I first met him, he was listening to Ghost. Well, good Ghost, you can't blame him for that. I won't, won't hold that against him. I was drawn in as well. I was listening to Ghost at the same time. Um, and then... You know, he's he sort of, I sort of got him into the punky, heavier punk, and the, I mean, he loves the Misfits, and they're very aggressive and heavy. Um, but I got him onto the darker, blacker stuff, and uh, Alande he got me onto, and he's always getting me onto new stuff. Honestly, every week, I get a, my phone will ping, and it'll be Benji with a like, listen to this, and it's something completely new, something completely dark. He's so open-minded. Um, John's the same, lovely John. Um, he's not a heavy man himself. He likes his prog and his and his um, he's heavier sort of like your Sabbaths and stuff like that. But he's listening to the stuff via the podcast, and I'm really impressed and proud that he's opening his mind a bit. Um, you know, so I hope you do all do have your have your Tony moment, have your tone moment, have your have you all out there. If you can think back to your moment when heavy became extreme, and if it hasn't become extreme yet, reach out and try it. It won't hurt you. 
You've got Spotify, you've got Apple Music, you've got all YouTube, you've got everything you can now that doesn't cost you any extra um, and it won't take any of your time up. So reach out and see that if heavy for you can become extreme. And if it becomes extreme, how far you go, um, I'd love to know. I'd love to know if you've tried it, couldn't do it and went back. Um, I, I think it just opens up a whole new avenue, a whole new diversity to, to get into, a whole new way of looking at music uh, in its ethos, its uh, imagery, its drive and its um, beauty. And there is beauty in, in, extreme, in, extreme, in extreme music, it's beauty and brutality. Um, and it's there, you just have to see it. Um, you have to sort of understand it, and that can be the boundary of which people can't cross. Um, but anyway, be safe. Um, try it only if you can. Don't go where you can't. Um, and uh, if not, fall back. There's always maiden. There's always maiden. Forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> anyway, that's me. I've gone on to almost 50 minutes. Um, I love this conversation. It's a conversation that's been in my head running round and round and round for a very long time. Um, so, keep safe, keep well, keep listening. Uh, please do come over to my uh, Facebook page now, Heavy Metal Tones. There is, you can message me, um, have a chat, ask me some questions, give me some feedback. Give me feedback on the show, on Spotify and on iTunes. It does help other people to see the show. We are getting, <coughs> I am getting phenomenally good numbers coming through. Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Seamless edit. That went down the wrong hole. Oh dear. Anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm not dying, guys. Um, cold tea can go the wrong way. Anyway, I'm about to go. So... I've got to go and write some more reviews for Metal Ruse. I'm back on that. I've got to get back to that. I just finished one for the new Livewire album, which is a Sydney new wave of thrash album, a band. Please do check them out. Um, great album. Um, great singers. Vocals a bit under-recorded, but hey, you'll see that in the review. Either way, I'm, I'm rambling, only because I just love talking to you. Bye, guys. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.